and gentlemen, welcome to the Friday Wrap-Up with Greg Campbell, Paul Stevenson, and David Warren. Get the latest of what's going on in Ottawa when it comes to real estate, mortgages, and whatever else they want to talk about. Have a coffee, some laughs, and learn something new each Friday at 10 a.m. Yes, sir. It's Friday morning. Wild Friday. It's the Friday Wrap-Up, baby. I'm Paul Stevenson. Friday. I'm here with Greg. I'm here with Dave. We're here to talk about mortgages, real estate, the stock market, the chaos, COVID, whatever you want. We'll talk about it. It's Q&A, baby. Is it full Q&A or is it just Q and crazy? Or is it crazy? I don't know. It's crazy and A. It's crazy and A. It seems <laughs> like it's crazy today. We, uh... on. <laughs> Yeah, we uh, we were watching the before we came on here. We were talking and, and watching the uh, the insanity that's happening with GameStop and uh, and retail traders. Um, wild. As someone who comes from a, a banking background, started actually as a as a trader at TD Waterhouse, and uh, I've been watching the stock market. I love the stock market and just business in general. And and watching what's going on is crazy, and just shows the power of Reddit. Shows the power of Reddit. Power of the people. Power of the people. Greg, I know uh, you asked me before yeah, I what the hell is going on. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, in, in Cole's notes, and uh, you know, I'm sure, Dave, between the two of us, we can explain this properly. But um, essentially what's happened is uh, Reddit and people at GameStop have uh, started to pump a specific stock that shouldn't be valued where it is. So GameStop, which, uh, you know, it's probably like a 4 or $5 share. It's, it's where you go buy video games. EB Games. GameStop, it's it's those types of stores, retail location. So someone had made a, a prediction, I think, or, or said that they invested some money in December. And anyway, this vir- this Reddit video kind of went viral, and a bunch of people on these uh, you know retail trading platforms decided to buy the stock and start pumping it. So it went from you know five six dollars up to one hundred and fifty, three hundred, four hundred, etc. Uh, but what happened is that uh, you know the people on Wall Street weren't overly happy because a lot of them had. Uh, shorted the stock, meaning that they were betting on it to go down in value. And now it's gone up, uh, you know, 60,000%. Uh, so a lot of the hedge funds and bankers are none pleased because uh, they're losing a lot of money. Uh, and a lot of retail people are happy because they're making a lot of money. But also uh, yesterday, they basically told the retail traders that they can no longer trade the stock. They can only buy it. They can no longer sell it. So they had to wait and watch the stock price plummet uh, so that all the hedge funds could basically make some of their money back. And then they allowed them to start trading again. So <laughs> is that, does that summarize it pretty well? Yeah. Yeah. Summarize it. So, so it's so the, clearly completely illegal. So it's, it, they basically, this group of readers on Reddit, they basically looked up the most shorted stocks on the market. So there's a few, there's like AMC, uh, GameStop, BlackBerry, Nokia, and they just targeted those companies. And for um, GameStop, the most shorted stock, and basically meaning shorting a stock is basically they buy a share at $10 from a broker promising to pay it. So they buy it at $10, repay it, and the intention is that they bet on the price going down. They buy it at $7. They made a, th- a $3 profit. In this case... They bought all these shares, expecting the price to go down. It hasn't. And so it's gone up to astronomical numbers, but they have to pay and buy the stock at the market price to settle what they owe 
the broker because they owe the broker not $10. They owe the broker, they owe the broker one share. So they have to rebuy the shares to replace the shares that they that they leveraged. So they bought them at, at in this case, you know, five dollars. And now having to buy shares to replace the share that they bought, buying it at three hundred and four hundred dollars. So yesterday alone, one hedge fund had to claim bankruptcy. They're down thirteen billion on the stock, uh, and they had to cash out of their position. Uh, and there's a few others. And in the meantime, the trading app that all these people have been using is called Robinhood. Ironically enough, steal from the rich, give to the poor. Uh, actually halted, as Paul said, halted trading yesterday on 10 stocks that were people were, you know, ganging up on, if you will, the retail traders playing exactly the same game that these hedge funds are doing. Um, but, uh, but halted trading where they could not buy any longer. They, all they could do is sell their position, meaning like they were artificially like Robinhood, these apps were artificially just dropping the price so that these hedge funds weren't going to be losing billions of dollars, just wow. like crazy. And, let's, and so let's, already the deal. Let's not. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, not to get too into the uh, tinfoil hat, but uh, let's just say a couple people were definitely making money on the side yesterday to get that stuff halted. You know, I mean, there's there's some clear criminal activity happening. Um, but you know what? We'll see what happens. We'll see where the cards fall. But it's well, it, it would be extremely. It, it basically, uh, you know, uh, the owner of uh, of Barstool Sports actually had a great analogy of saying, you know, it's like playing football and with two minutes left in the fourth quarter uh you know the president of the nfl decides to change the rules and say well we're gonna actually add a fifth quarter for this this super bowl guys we're gonna change the rules on you right because my team's losing you know that's basically what happened uh and a bunch of people are losing a bunch of money so that other people don't lose a bunch of money you know someone's going to jail someone's gonna get killed (laughs) i think (laughs) <laughs> you, so, you know, it's an issue, you know, it's an issue when you've got Democrat senators and Republican senators and like, like Trump Jr. And the most hated Democratic Democrat congresswoman, like actually on the same side, you know, that it's like, you know, DOJ and SEC are already investigating like all the issues. So it'll be yeah. very interesting to see how it plays out. But um, we I took a snapshot of the uh, of the this, this talk chart yesterday. And then looking at it today, and it's just like, it's just wild. Like, this swings on it, and the price today, it's up 75% already today. Uh, Typically, you know, well. to Anyways, give an example. I know this isn't about stocks, but it's just a... Well, to give... Well, I mean, it is... We do talk about the economy, so I feel like it is somewhat relevant. But uh, in this case, you know, like something like Air Canada, which is, you know, one of the, the stocks that got hit the hardest during uh, COVID, it dropped basically, you know, half its value. So to give you an idea, this is in... This is just yesterday... It opened at uh, 275. It went up to 475 within the first hour. Then it dropped down to about 130 before noon. And then by two o'clock, it was up to $497 a share. And by 212, it was down to $240 a share. <laughs> so if you're looking at yeah, the start, like imagine if you invested, if you bought one share at nine o'clock and you looked at it, you know, at, uh, at uh, you know ten o'clock, you're like, oh shit, I lost 150 dollars a share. And then you look again a couple hours later, and you're like, oh nice, I'm up uh, you know 350 dollars a share. <laughs> just not just crazy. That's crazy. crazy. What? Well, at least this, uh, at least our real estate market isn't uh, doing that. It's just going up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Speaking speaking of other hot markets, so look at that, like 318. Let's just see what it changes to next to give you an idea of the volatility here. 
318 to, let's hit a refresh. Uh, oh, 320. Okay. So $2 for like Air, Air Canada, for Air Canada, that would be a 10% change in value. You know, Two like seconds. that's uh, that's to give you a, a comparison. So who knows what's going to happen? I mean, clearly it's still being influenced by the retail traders, um, you know, to the moon, to the moon. DL, GL, GL. Real estate. All right. All right. Real estate. <laughs> Let's go. Let's get so into we, our own crazy world. So we wanted to, we wanted to talk to people. We wanted to kind of open this up every, the last show of every month, we wanted to have a monthly Q&A. So we brought in a couple, we brought in a guest, obviously, and Kevin Morris, who we'll bring in shortly. Uh, but we do have, oh, did I say thing of 2021? Yes, exactly. To the moon. So, uh... Yeah, we wanted to basically open the floor for questions and answers for our listeners and for people that have tuned in. Uh, we did get a couple questions throughout the week from uh, from listeners of the podcast, and um, we can jump right into them. Or how do you guys want to position this? Should we bring in Kevin first? You want to jump right into the questions? What do you want to do? Uh, why don't we get? Let's get Kevin in here. Let's get the stats done. Let, let's just give people yeah. a taste on what the heck's going on in the city right now. I like it. How, how, how much it's increased like GameStop in the last week. <laughs> I, would say, I would say it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely the, uh, the beginning of that, uh, start, that uh, stock mm -hmm. graph of it just continuously <laughs> going. It's, anyways. Yeah. What's up, Kevin? So, yeah, What's let's, happening? Let's get, let's get Kevin in here and... Um, and see what he's got to say. I Kevin know Kevin's got a lot of great info. Oh, there he is. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> yeah. I, I love how I, I can just see under his name. It says uh, Ottawa Real Estate Analytics. Yeah, he is the guy. The stats All guy. Right. <laughs> so, so, Kevin. What do, you we, got, uh, what do you got for us, Kevin? When did we last talk? January 6th, was it? Or it's like 8th? Oh, yeah. I guess it was like the first weekend, right? It was the 8th. So yeah, it's only been it's only been three weeks since we last spoke, but this will give us a much better. Now that we're end of January, I think this will give us a really good snapshot of the first month of the year. So let's see where we're at. <laughs> Start wherever you'd like. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you want? Okay. Yeah. I mean, go. Okay. Now, um, I I don't know if you have it available, but there the Ottawa Real Estate Board put out a graph on the average sale price by week. And so they have it for 2019, which is sort of the baseline. And right. Yeah. Yeah. We have, we, yeah, we looked at this. Yeah. But it's even getting crazier. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So, um, 2020 is, uh, the orange line and you'll have the, the start of the state of emergency or the lockdown and you'll see, yeah, prices are higher in 2020. So, you know, whatever, regular inflation and, you know, pandemic causing the rise in uh, prices. But then what we see now in 2021 is in the red, uh, is the red line. And it is just like a hundred. Insanity. insanity is what it is. It's insanity. Everybody strap in, get ready. And it's only January. Yeah, it's only Jan, and that line is going to be, I bet, even a higher peak. It's going to be like a ninety-degree launch. I think. I, bet. I think it's just going to put a just going to put a vaulted ceiling right on the grass. You know. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so how high? Like, I mean, 
we were talking, Dave, you were mentioning about a property in Orleans that we saw yesterday listed at uh, 289 sold for 440 something, like a road townhouse. 32. 432. 43 Greg, you, offers on it. Yeah, Greg, you were discussing a property that you, you said you had listed a similar property last year at 440, was it? And this oh, year, not not similar to Dave's that I was talking about what uh, what I went through last night. Yeah, so I mean, we'll just jump into that, I guess, for a second uh, before Kevin tells us exactly what the numbers are at. But it was listed at five forty nine. I had sold the same model last year at the same time for four sixty five, and at that point, that was the highest sale for that model in the neighborhood. And now, last night. Uh, we went in against four other offers and we were, I think, uh, 85,000 over mm. and we lost. And the agent told me, he's like, I thought you were going to get, get it. And then out of nowhere, this offer just came in. He's like, I don't even, he's like, I want to tell you the number, but you're just going to have to wait to see it for yourself. He's like, I just don't understand. So my guess is it's probably about 80%, you know, so I, I'm going to guess it's about 630 so, which means that that's a year over year, that's, you know, 80%, you know, a hundred and like, what is that? 120, $180,000 since the same time last year for the same house. Like that's the price of some homes wow. in Ottawa last year, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, what are the stats we have, Kevin? What do you have as far as, uh, do you have the neighborhood stats again? Yeah, I do have the neighborhood stats updated. Um, and this is sort of just the uh, the updated version of those same stats that we saw at the beginning look, of the month. Look at the days on market, how much they've gone down for row, semi, and stack, like all under 10 days now. Things are going quick. Uh, row houses, 25 count, 25 properties, six days on market, 16% over asking, 116%, well, 16% over asking price. That's crazy. Like you have to be quick on these ones. And uh, if you want to win, you know, if, if it's possible to put in an offer early, which it looks like a lot of these ones are bully offers if they're under a week. Yeah. So yeah. you get in there. Greg, what's a typical, like if you list a property Monday, are you usually waiting a full seven days to, to accept offers or what's kind of your, I'll, I'll tell you right now it's this week has changed completely. Yeah. Bully offers are the new thing. And if you don't see a house on the same day, you're not getting the house. It's literally saying it's ours now, basically. That's what I told my clients yesterday. It came out. They're like, can we go on the weekend? I'm like, you need to, you need to go right now. I'm like, if you're working at home, just I'll wow. meet you there in two hours. Because, and by that time we're there in two hours, they already have one bully offer and they're going to look at it. Cause it's already a hundred thousand dollars over asking. So are people accepting conveyance then like no conveyance is done? Yeah. Like no conveyance is pretty much like, I think by next week it's, it's, there's going to be no more, no conveyance. There's only going to be, um, offer yeah. presented seller reserves a right to view, but, but literally I think, I think people could just put the house on the market with a 24 hour irrevocable and they're still going to get a hundred, $150,000 over asking. Everybody's just running around. Like I, I need a place to live. Like this just started happening yesterday. My buddy messages me at uh, eight o'clock last night. He's like, dude, when did this come out? I'm like, it just came out a couple of hours ago. He's like, what's up? And I look at it again. It's like uh, bully offer received presenting in an hour. <laughs> He's in Riverside South. I'm like, I'm like, if you, we can't do it. I'm like it's gone. So if you're shopping, <laughs> if, you're, if you're shopping with a client right now and they like, they look at a home, let's say a semi-detached in Barhaven right now at four nine nine, 
are you, and you go see it and they're not accepting offers till Saturday. Are you suggesting that they put an offer at 615,000? Like what is the advice now as far as like immediate, as Im- immediately, immediately 615, at least right away. <laughs> if, if, if you've been, if you've already been through the process, that's what we're doing. Cause now what's happening is, is I'm working with some people and we're, we, we, we've missed a few because we were conservative. But now what's happening is that the price point where they're at, where they're capped at is becoming like unrealistic for what they want, which sucks. Um, because you know, anything that's out here now at 600, I mean, that's a seven almost for a row home and Riverside South has been hitting the numbers, but now Orleans is even getting there. Anyways, yeah, Kevin can continue. I think go on with some numbers here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we could go, we could go on to, uh, the next, uh, neighborhood there, but you'll There's see a lot of the same. Wow. Okay. Hold on. Go back one. Look at Barhaven apartments. Average 3,600 under flip back to the next apartments. 293,000 over asking on average. <laughs> I, I mean, I, uh, yeah, I'd have to validate those ones. Wow. It's most likely <laughs> just maybe something skewed. Was, uh, yeah, I think that one was a little skewed, but okay, just making yeah. sure. Something Still, seems that's off crazy. on that. Something seems Still, a that's little crazy. That's crazy, though. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't um, doubt it in this market, to be honest. But um, who knows? Uh, see that, that 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 average number is definitely going to go up next week. The big numbers are happening yeah. more and more every day. There's so another the, one that sold this week in Orleans. It was listed at 750. I think it sold for 833. No, 750. No, sorry, 933. <laughs> was that a detach or a detached? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that, but I think that was just like on um, a Monday, maybe. Anyways, it's it's just crazy how the like the over under is just. I mean, you said it, Greg, before that it. You know, I think you said 10,000 over under is a balanced market. Now we're yeah. looking at like 10% over as opposed to 10,000, you know, it's like a totally now, different. Now, uh, do you find Greg, the people that you fought, that you're talking to and the, you know, clients or other realtors and same with you, Kevin, are you finding that like people are just buying to speculate, like almost like buying it like stock uh, and speculating, like, you know, that they already own a home, they're pulling out equity and buying or that people are, there's this many people either coming to the city or needing home or, or are actually looking for homes. That's, that's a good question. The people that I'm working with are actually looking for homes. Uh, I had a couple investors that I was talking to. They're, they're coming to town. Uh, one, one group of them is coming to town next week, and they've decided that they're only going to focus on condo apartments now because the row home or stack, they're just like, it makes no sense. And the condo market is, you know, a little bit more stable. You know, there's, there's more available. The prices aren't increasing as much. Um, and, you know, at some point, you know, the, the city will open up again. Uh, you know, just in a different way. So the investors I have coming up, all we're looking at is condo uh, in condos and buildings now because yeah. nothing else makes sense. <laughs> I would echo the same thing as Greg. Like, yeah, I'm working with first time home buyers, young couples just trying to own their first home. And, you know, it's unfortunate that it's during this pandemic time that they're looking, but mm-hmm. it was inevitable at this point, like regardless pandemic or not, they would still be looking for a home at this time. And, mm-hmm. uh, so, so they're trying, they're just trying to get in and find a home. And yeah. then on the flip side, there are investors as well that are 
like Greg said, looking at the downtown condo market because that's just ripe for finding a deal. Like those things have been sitting there for a while. I'm I'm interested to know, like, I mean, obviously everything is cracked down with um, stress tests and, and, you know, us qualifying people at rates 3% higher than what they're actually getting. Uh, like, I'm interested to know if, if they're going to change the, the qualifying side of things, because I deal with clients now that have a good living, you know, they're making 50, 60 grand a year. They have some money for down payment and they legitimately can't buy a house in the city. Like they can't buy a house because they don't qualify for enough of a more, like they don't qualify for it. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering, like with all the, you know, stress tests, like I said, like we're qualifying people at, at payments that are st- substantially higher than what their actual payments are, you know? Oh, Dave, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, we've never talked about this. So I'm just, I'm just thinking of this as we're talking because there, I, I know there's a lot of really good quality candidates that that have a good living, work for the government, have a consistent salary, tenure, down payment, and they can't buy a house. I, I, I think it's, it's definitely a challenge, and I think the, um, I don't think they can adjust it or make it any easier because, you know, then it's gonna, that's gonna impact everyone else that can already afford those prices, and it's just gonna allow them to qualify for more and boost it higher. I think I think people I think I think the I think Ottawa's been built around single homes, like detached, semi-detached row homes, and we don't have that many condos. And I think that auto like these people that are you know trying to find a single detached or a semi, uh, they need to you know refocus, you know, and, and you look at cities, you know, and yes, we're not the size of Toronto or anything like that, but that's where you know condo living kind of became a thing because you know, housing prices for detached semis became so high that, okay, well, now we need to minimize our lifestyle and, and you know, realize that, okay, condo living, like an actual condo in a condom, in a tower is the way to go. And, and I think those people are just going to have to readjust their focus into those, into those areas. And, and as these new condo mar- buildings come on the market, you know, start going there. Um, you guys just know, for the, for the I, new- I, I mean, I, I can't see it coming down. For the new developments in Ottawa, like all the new builds that are happening and all the construction, I know there's a delay and there's, you know, a lot of backlog and uh, the supply chain's slow and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, what is the what is the percentage of sale units in those buildings? Like, are they all sold out? Or is there a lot of vacancy? Like, do you have any idea as far as pre-sale? Because I should I, do uh, we an sh- interesting thing about new builds for homes that I'd love to talk about. But for, for the high rise, like high rise condos, like those sorts of things, what, what are the vacancies right now or what are the sales? I don't know. We should do something about that. We should like do a part on that. Maybe next week I could put something together. Maybe yeah, we could like, even get an expert on it. new build, new build expert. What do you think guys? New build expert as a guest next week. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, yeah, I, I think yeah, the, yeah. yeah, I think it's, I think like, you know, the, I know there's dozens of condos slated for build and approved. Uh, but I know that it is, you know, a, uh, there's a lot of legwork to get through the city as well to, to green light the start, even though they've been approved, but even just to get started and things like that, that, that slow down the process for, for building, whether that's towers or whether that's, you know, single homes, um, you know, and, and these changes that blind side builders or whatever it may be, or, or cogs with the city, uh, but I think I think a lot of those buyers that are trying that were hope you know looking at a row home they're going to have to look instead at a two bedroom or one in a den condo instead. Mm-hmm. I, I I just don't see like those prices on those homes aren't going to come down anytime soon. So um, I sent I you guys re- shift their focus. At least that's my thought. I sent you guys an email uh, the other day from a client of mine who's her, her dream 
has always been to buy a new build. Like that, that's, that's where her heart is. She's like, all I care. Like, since I've been a kid, I just want to buy a brand new shiny, like beautiful, never lived in home. That's like her, her dream. So we basically, she forwarded me an email from a builder here uh, in Ottawa. I don't know if I should mention them or not. Um, but anyways, she got an email and they basically have a lottery system. So they release four lots every month. And she basically has to, there was a, there's a mailing list that you get on. When you get the email, you have to email them immediately back to say, we're interested. Mm-hmm. Once you say you're interested, you're basically entered into the lottery for that day. They spit out and like four names. Once you are the winner, you have to give an instant thousand dollar deposit that my client thought they weren't going to get back, but they may, I don't know. I don't know the specifics. I don't want to say anything about that, uh, but a thousand dollar deposit or a thousand dollar fee basically. Uh, and then, uh, they won't work with agents. So like you can't work with a real estate agent. So who knows how many of these buyers are going in with no pre-approval, no idea as to what they're getting themselves into. Um, and the other side of that is that, uh, even if you are the winner, you have to show up within 24 hours, I believe with your full first deposit, like handed to them within 24 hours. I, I just feel like the whole, like, if you have, like, I understand there's obviously development, you know, timelines and things like that, but you're releasing four, four lots at a time. There's some funny business going on there. You know, I think it's a small, I mean, like that was a small builder as well. Like, I don't like, they're not a, a, a large builder and I don't they're think good, they can, they're a good builder though. Yeah. But I don't think they, I don't think they're taking on like a hundred build a no. hundred unit, you know, build. No. And I think they're scaling, like they're releasing four, they're letting them sell, setting a precedent on price and then releasing another four months later so they can charge, you know, that increase as well. well it's, it's great business for the builder. I'm just saying yeah. for, for buyers, those are the sorts of, the, those are the sorts of things that are continuing to drive prices up. Right. And then create yeah. like a ridiculous like seller's market. Yeah. I mean the, like, Kevin, you, yeah, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Okay. I was just going to say, Kevin, um, just before I, before I forget about it, Kevin, you have some information on rentals too, eh? Yeah. That you wanted yeah. to bring up. Cause I was just thinking about like when Dave, you were talking about how people can't afford anything now it's like, and with the rental market being saturated, like, I'm just wondering if, if that's going to become more of a common play again now too, mm-hmm. you know, more and more rentals. Yeah, this is, uh, in uh, Ottawa, and this is all the rental data that's available on on Matrix on on the MLS in Ottawa, and I've grouped it. Central Ottawa includes you know Center Town and in the Market and Lower Town and all that area. Um, and on the left, the the darker blue is how many active rental uh, rental listings there are, and then the lighter blue is how many were actually rented. Hmm. Oh, wow. And that's in the last month? Yeah. You can see in central Ottawa, it is um, almost four to one uh, (laughs) when it comes to available listings. So you're saying there's four times as many listings as there are people renting them? Yeah, in the past month. But this is only including Matrix. This isn't even including anything that's on Kijiji. So based right. on this graph, you're saying in central Ottawa, there'd be roughly like 166 units still available for rent? No, I'm saying there's 225. Right. Oh, sorry. I thought of those 225, 59 were rented. Like oh, I thought that's how. No, no, 59 would be on top of the 225. Those are total. Available in central Ottawa, but it's, it's sort of a larger area than just center town. Right. Hmm. So we're including, I believe, even down to... Uh, 
Like, and when you say rental data, do we are these does this include everything from like townhome, single family, like any type of rental? Yeah, any type of rental. But but to, but I would say you could probably multiply this by four because it's not like Kevin said, it's not taking into account Kijiji, it's not taking into account property yeah. management companies that don't list on MLS, things mm-hmm. like that, which you know a lot of property management companies manage the the rental properties downtown. Yeah. Uh, so it's probably four or even higher than that, maybe even five or six times that. I mean. At the end of the day, Central Ottawa, though, that's where the universities are, and universities, mm-hmm. barely any students right. in town. So, you know, their rentals downtown are hurting. I mean, there's like 90,000 students, I think, that, that you know, that go to Ottawa U and Carleton, and they're not in town. I mean, that's a, that's a huge base of, of tenants, right? It, surpri- it surprises me that there's this many rentals, and when we're in a market that needs more home sales, that there's a lot of investors holding on to their equity even though they could sell and make a killing you know like but if they can afford it like if they can hold i guess then it's kind of the back to that speculation side right like if they're seeing the housing prices go up they can afford to eat that mortgage maybe um because they're it's being offset by the the gains they're Mm -hmm. making in appreciation and they're just waiting you know for vaccine to come out and school to get back and rent it back out again and then they're good um and just take the yeah, hit right the- now, you know, and kind of look at the short-term pain for long-term gain. Um, but it doesn't help the resale market when, <laughs> uh, I, I think we'd come holding, to the same, yeah. in, a, in a year though, we'd be back in that same position. Even if everyone listed these properties, it would help the supply right now for buyers. But then when school comes back and students come back, there's a lack of rentals, then it's going to, then it would jack rental rates. And, you know, um, so I think it's kind of, I think at the end of the day, it's just a lack of supply period across the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where, where is the end? Like what, what are we going to do <laughs> to fix this? Like, honestly, there's uh, an increased amount of people migrating to Ottawa. There's a supply chain halt on, on builds and construction. Uh, there's no houses available. There's hundreds and hundreds of buyers that can't find homes. Like what, what is the solution and where, when is it going to happen? Like what, like, even if, like I said, even if a hundred homes come on the market today, 200 homes, 300 homes, a thousand homes, those thousand people all need to buy houses too. Mm-hmm. So what, what, what gives, like what, mm-hmm. what is, what is the solution? Like how, how do we not anticipate that this is just going to keep going up until all the new builds and developments are basically completed? It's like, you almost wish that, you know, a magical day came where it was like, pandemic's over. You can come outside. You know, for those people that are, you know, very paranoid or and maybe some of them need to be. And then they're just like, okay, cool. I'm going to sell my house. You know, like imagine that that's possible. Maybe there is, maybe there's a huge demographic of those people that are just like, no way. I'm not doing anything until this vaccine is out. And then after that, I'm ready to go. What are the listings? What happens? What are the number of listings year over year from, from last year to this year? Do we have that stat or do we know roughly? Uh, that might be on the OREB stats, but uh, I, di- I didn't have it. Uh, I don't have the screenshot available. Like, I'm just wondering if it is like if it is a, a, a symptom of the pandemic. Like I wonder if just people, as you said, or yeah, of the lockdown. Um, I mean, yeah, like, I mean, comparison, right? Like, are there the number sense? of listings today compared to last January? Uh, you think it would be the opposite, right? You'd think in a pandemic, people would be selling to get some equity. People aren't working, so they need money to buy homes, but or, like they need money to survive as opposed to buying. But it's the opposite. People seem to have 
consistent incomes and are buying now more than ever. Like we have a lot of buyers right now and uh, you would assume it would be the opposite during a, a, a global pandemic. Yeah. There's like, there's a huge portion of the population that has been hit for income, you know? Uh, and in Ottawa, the, I was reading 49% are like high tech or government or whatever, but you still have 50% of the population that is not in those industries that are affected, like their incomes are affected. So, you know, it, it is backwards that it's actually, the market is not even thriving. I don't even think isn't even the right word. Yeah. It's insanity. Um, and it's surprising that it's even able to continue with how many people are affected in, uh, in their, with their income. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the, uh, I don't know what the like, end and is. that's it's, and it's an interesting overall question to also think that let's say that happens, like, you know, what happens with prices at that point? Like just imagine if the, yeah. the, the amount of listings was double suddenly, like what happens then? Like, is there enough? It seems like there's enough people to actually keep that moving and keep the prices up at this point. That's what I wonder. Like if we had, if we had a flood of say 600, I don't know how many properties are listed right now. Let's say 650 in the city is probably fairly accurate within a couple hundred. So 650 listings, if that doubled to say 1300 today, I think for, like you said, for two, three months, it would probably get the wheels turning and balance out prices. But then come summer, you're going to run into likely the same situation because they're just the the bottom line is that there isn't enough supply like there's not enough homes regardless um, of how many buyers are i mean even if we cut the buyers in half there's still not enough homes so if you double the amount of homes listed you just means you double the amount of buyers which is going to bring you to the same the same result in two three months or whenever it dries up right um steven can you can you share the link that uh, that kevin just posted because that shows the number of new listings by week and where we are in comparison um, it's, it's showing basically we're on par with 2020 with the number of listings right now in week four of the year, we're actually up slightly from 2020, uh, from where, where we were for listings. And we're exactly the same amount of listings right now as there were in 2019 yet properties sold is up by what looks to be a hundred last week sold higher than 2019 and 2020 and our price is over a hundred thousand dollars more than those previous years. Yeah. So, I mean, even if we, that, that's, that's, I guess to, to the same point, like we have just as many listings, it seems. So is it, do you think it, it has to be the migration then to Ottawa it has to be just a larger amount of people moving here and buying and um, yeah, very, very interesting. Greg, we're just looking at the stat uh, year over year, same amount of listings, basically. Mm -hmm. So we should we should see a spike. It looks like based on historical data, uh, we should see a spike in listings over the next two months, which is standard for the spring market. But again, with lockdowns and uncertainty and stuff, will that even change? Will that change anything? Like I like we just said, if you put a thousand new listings on the market today, what? How does that change things? If if at all? No, it doesn't yet at all. Prices are going to stay the same because there's that many people looking for homes. Like, think about it. You've got like, again, Dave, you said last, yeah. last week on mine or two weeks ago, 34 offers the next day, 36 offers on another property. The one that Dave's talking about 43 yeah. offers yeah, and one in Canada, 52. That means like there's, you know, for every winner, that's like, you know, 90, 99% 
Well, sorry, that makes no anyone, sense. For sense. anyone yeah. listening, <laughs> so, for anyone you know what I mean, you know what I mean. Yeah. <clears throat> for anyone listening right now, if you have, um, if you have money that you've been putting aside during COVID and you are considering like what you can do, how can I start my own business? I really believe that there's a huge market right now for converting commercial space to residential. Like that is a big opportunity, I believe, to create residential units in commercial spaces. Like there's so much commercial space vacant right now. Like we have the exact same industry of real estate. One side of it is deep underwater and so much vacancy, like hundreds of thousands, like over a million square feet of vacant uh, uh, commercial space just in downtown alone. And not enough residential real estate like there's you can't have the two industries where one side is completely plummeting and the other is not enough supply like there's got to be some bridge in the middle that somebody can create housing out of the commercial space that's vacant or you can put that money into gamestop stocks <laughs> hopefully <laughs> to the moon bad financial advice i'm not a financial advisor <laughs> Do not listen Kevin to Kevin. Do not win. listen to Kevin people, please. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, so I don't know. I think uh, I think we're gonna have to get creative because I mean we're you know we're all fairly well aided in real estate, um, and we don't have a solution. Even like we said, even if the supply doubles, that's not a solution. The prices are gonna remain, and there's gonna be more buyers and and more competition. So something's got to give. We got to we got to think outside the box. Not us, but somebody's got to think outside the box uh, and create a solution. You know, I, I've been harping on this the last couple of weeks, but the one thing that bothers me most about the pandemic, and you know, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds, but it's it's when you create problems for people without solutions. It's been happening a lot, and I think mm-hmm. there is a huge problem right now with housing, and there's no solution. So, you know, problems been created without a solution and you know somebody has to come up with one it's uh it's very unfair to a lot of people to create problems without giving them a solution for it and basically telling them to figure it out on their own which we're trying to do right now we're navigating through those waters as experts in the field and genuinely have no idea what the solution is I, i'd be interested to and i know we've uh i know mr uh mr luloff is uh coming on in the next uh week or two but uh I think I'd be interested to see if, I don't know if he's on the housing uh, committee or not, but I'd be interested to know what the city's doing to like pull back regulations or speed up development or approvals for builders um, or, or, you know, zoning or land so that builders can build quicker. Cause I know, and I, I know a number of builders, uh, some small and some large scale that they, that they have huge, there's huge red tape at the, uh, with the city and with the, with the province for, for building and, and that really slows things down and the cost to build. Um, a lot of buyers don't realize how much like development caught like fees are and things like that just to, to build. Um, and, and so I'm curious to see if, if the city's doing any changes, like Paul's to Paul's point of make, of coming up with solutions of how to speed up new supply, because unless, unless we're building more, more units, it's not going to get any better. No. And then how high are those prices going to go again? Yeah. And when are, are they going to see million dollar apartments in the next week, Greg? <laughs> tonight, tonight, tonight. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, Q, Q and a, you want to get into this Q and a here? We got a question, yeah. right? That we're yeah, we answer. do. We had a question from Amber, I believe her name was, I, uh, I think we have it, uh, or at least Steven has it. She, uh, she actually attended the first time homebuyer seminar that David and I put on recently. And, uh, she had a question regarding, uh, co-applicants. So she was asking, how does a co-applicant affect your mortgage application? Which is actually a great question because a lot of people don't know. And uh, a lot of people, you know, like I said, like that client that I was speaking with, great government salary, um, you know, has her proverbial crap together uh, and is uh, very on top of things and, and is still not able to buy homes. So how does adding a co-applicant to that file affect the overall file? Well, you know, back in the day, you used to be able to add on a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Dave? Not guarantor. Guarantor. Thank you. You feel that on a guarantor where they would pretty much just almost vouch for you and say, yeah, you know, I got my stuff together. And, you know, if anything goes wrong, I'll basically help cover the, the mortgage costs. So that person in the past would actually just be on the mortgage and have no association to the actual ownership of the property. They would just kind of be guaranteeing the mortgage itself. That changed probably four or five years ago, maybe a bit more, where now if you're on the mortgage at all, you have to be on title. So essentially a co-signer, co-borer, co-applicant, whatever you want to call it, you're buying the house as much as the other person is. Now there's obviously tax ways that you can be like a 1% owner on title and things like that. But as far as the mortgage application, uh, every dollar of income they have, every dollar of debt that they have, uh, any car loan, any alimony, child support, anything that that person has as a financial obligation is now part of your file as well. So if they own a home with their husband or their wife, let's say, and that husband or wife isn't on the file, that person is still responsible for that full payment on your file. So there's a lot of like nuances to those sorts of uh, applications where if it's someone who, you know, if it's a, a, a brother or sister or someone who is single and just has a, a you know, a salaried income and good credit, I mean, there's not too much of an impact other than strengthening the, strengthening the file. But if that person has established credit and owns a home and a car and all that, I mean, it, it, it really does change the overall structure of the file completely because now we're looking at you know we look at the whole like the total you know household or, or the total files income gross income and then we look at all of that person's obligations monthly as well as yours so as i said all debt obligations child support alimony etc so it, it's essentially you're adding you're basically duplicating yourself but with all that person's benefits and baggage and, and the, the hope is the hope is that that co-applicant, you know, their income is is higher than what their you know debt load is. And, and what people don't realize is that, yes, that co-applicant might own that home with us with a partner, um, you know, and, and, you know, 50 50, if you will. But they're still 100 percent uh, on the hook for that full mortgage payment. So even though they're only 50 percent owner of that house, the bank, when qualifying um, as a co as a co-signer, New bank is going to look at that full payment, the full property taxes in 100%. Even if they own it with five other people, they still consider it that they're on the hook for that full payment. So um, it's not wow. something where they just break it out of like, okay, well, you own it with, you know, Greg, you own it with Anna. You know, it's only, it, you we're only going to take 50% of that property taxes or 50% of that mortgage. No, it's the whole 100% because even if Anna stops paying, you're Greg Campbell, you still have right. that full payment. So they don't care if you own it with 100 people. Uh, you're still obligated for that full payment. So that's something that gets a little misconstrued as well when, when looking at, uh, at, at co-signers. But the I hope is, that. yeah, that's yeah, cool. the hope is, is that the co-signer is stronger 
and their income outweighs their their liabilities. And, and sometimes someone who you don't think is going to be a good co-applicant is actually ideal. Like, you know, I have people say like, oh, well, you know, my mom's retired or my dad's retired and they, they, you know, they don't, they don't make much money and this and that. It's like, well, those are actually usually good co-applicants because they typically have zero debt. Uh, they're on a fixed income of whatever their pension is every year. Uh, and they're actually a great asset to any application. You know, if you get someone in their mid forties, who's making $150,000 a year, that's great, but the likelihood is they probably have a you know a six hundred dollar car payment. They probably have a two thousand dollar mortgage payment. They probably have a couple divorces. You know who knows? Uh, <laughs> uh, so you just you know everyone's situation is different, and and someone who optically looks like they'd be a great co applicant sometimes isn't, and someone who seems like they would be you know detrimental to your application sometimes isn't also. So it's just. It, it really does change the whole, you know, to give the Coles notes answer short, you know, long story short, it, uh, it changes the whole file. So, you know, a co-applicant is great, but ideally you want to know what your goals are. And uh, what we'll do a lot of times just, uh, you know, as a piece of advice, since we're, you know, we're here to talk about uh, advice-based, uh, you know, knowledge. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Um, Continue. If, uh, if you do add on a co-applicant, you can add that. Per, let's say you add on your father as a co-applicant. Uh, you can actually put them as a 1% owner on title so that they are what's called a tenant in common. So they, they have no financial obligation as far as like tax, you know, claiming uh, uh, capital gains and things like that. So they can be a 1% owner. And then typically what we would do is if someone is, let's say, new to a job or in a contracted employment or something like that, and we know that they're going to be full-time in six months or, you know, in a better position financially in a year, we can put on that co-applicant for say a year or two and then restructure the mortgage after that two years and make it so that it's just yourself on the mortgage. So basically removing that co-applicant. So a lot of the times you just need it to kind of get into the home because you know that your income is going to continue to increase, or you might be self-employed and in your first couple of years of business, knowing that you're going to take larger dividends moving forward. So in two or three years, we can also coach people on how to structure their income so that they have enough income to qualify in two or three years to remove that co-applicant. So you can really add someone on there as kind of a, a short-term solution. They don't have to be on the mortgage for 25 years. And that's a, uh, it's called an assumption. So you, you're assuming the mortgage uh, entirely. So you're removing that. It's not triggering a penalty on the mortgage or anything like that. You're removing that guarantor or a co-signer rather uh, off of the mortgage. And typically it's like a, a couple hundred dollar admin fee for the bank, but they don't charge. There's no penalty. It doesn't trigger anything for breaking the mortgage or anything like that. You're maintaining the same structure, term, rate, everything you had originally, just removing one of those uh, individuals off the mortgage so long as the one remaining, as Paul said, qualifies on their own. That's some great info. That's what we're here for. You know, <laughs> I didn't, I, yeah, I didn't know all of that. So that's, uh, that's good for me to know too. When I'm, if anyone Use asks us. me, even though usually I just go, just talk to Paul. Talk to Paul. <laughs> Um, all right. Any other questions on uh, on Facebook or any others that come in that we want to get to, or or should we uh, just get to the uh, just move on? Well, Hanif we just... says Hanif says he has a dream. That's oh, not really a question. A it's more of a statement, but I like it. Yeah. Um, he did ask where the end is, and we kind of touched on that briefly. Um, I, I don't know. I've had a lot of very interesting discussions with clients lately. I mean, the, we've had like Dave and I, we were talking about it. I'm sure I know Greg, you've been crazy too. When it comes to Friday and I've only talked to Greg once, uh, other than through emails, introducing clients to each other, you know, it's a busy week. <laughs> like typically, uh, 
we're talking a few yeah. times on the phone during the week, but I, I feel like I've been on the phone from literally 8 a.m. till 5 p.m., 6 p.m. every single day this week, and I have calls this weekend. Like it's just it's it's very very busy, very active. Uh, and I'm looking outside this beautiful sun and minus 25 weather, and I'm excited to uh, get out there, see the people, <laughs> get out there and do more, help Interact more people. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin, you got any uh, closing comments? What, what are you up to this weekend? You got, uh, are you out with clients? Yep. Um, well, I just had uh, an offer get accepted yesterday. So nice. Uh, doing Congratulations. Hours, uh, deposit thing today. Um, showings today as well. And, you know, no, no sleep. It's, it's go, go, go all the time. Right on. And what Good. did you, what did you win that bid at? If you don't mind me asking, uh, just under 600. So how much? And, and, and it was multiples. <laughs> yeah, it was multiples. We tried bullying. We literally went in day zero. So the same day it came out, um, just like we discussed previously and submitted the bully. Three other people came along for the ride with us. And it was, I think in the end, 125 over asking. No, well, good job, man. Nice. Hey, one right of on. these just, hey, the old, hey, buckle up. Yeah, buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even need That's the, awesome, man. The racetrack. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You need the, you need the five point <laughs> harness. The five point <laughs> harness for sure. Get the racing harness on and. Yeah. Helmet. Helmet. You need yeah. to get the helmet, get some good head protection. Yeah. With the That's good. Yeah, I'm showing this weekend too. I got, I got, I'm out tonight and I'm out tomorrow morning. I'm hoping that I can close a couple of these. I've been looking for too long. Mm. Yeah. I got new listings coming up next week too. I got one up right now at uh, four, five, three, seven Ozawa. It's a lower level terrace home at 420. Um, yeah, not as active as some of the others though. I think it's still that little community at Waterridge. It's hot, but it's not. I know. I love. I love that man. the image you showed. That's a great. Yeah. Even just the uh, the street view, like the curb curb. What do you call it? Curb appeal. Curbside. Curbside uh, appeal. Curbside yeah. appeal. Curbside pickup. Um, it's, a, it's it's a nice spot. They're still developing it, but I mean, man, it's a it's a great little unit. And you're so central. You're close to everything. I haven't driven by there in a while. I was actually in the East End uh, to socially distant my parents from outside the other day and uh away from their driveway essentially and um i got off at montreal road and could not believe how much that exit oh yeah that's crazy the exit is crazy like everything yeah. from blair through to orleans now and like they're working all the way to like Place orleans it's wild yeah. seeing that whole thing develop i'm excited yeah. uh, you know i love so, so i love just seeing the city grow and that especially i mean i uh had ni- lots of 95 trips on the, uh, the old <laughs> walking from that, uh, from that intersection to my house as a child or as a, a youth. So, uh, yes. it's pretty crazy to see what they've done and I love it. Uh, I mean, the East end is great. So I know I was bashing it last week. My dad actually chirped me. He's like, so you're, you're done with the East end. Eh? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's good that East your dad's end. listening. Uh, avid listener loves the show. <laughs> loves you guys. Um, cool. mood boost. Yeah. Let's get mood to boost. It. All right. So I know the kids are, the schools are opening back up, which I think is awesome. Um, but, uh, I know we, we were talking about the GameStop stuff and you know, it's funny and all that, but we have to remember that this is hurting real people who own multiple boats. Okay. Um, but number one, that didn't land quite as I thought. Number one, what's the purpose of the propeller on an airplane? It's to keep the pilot cool. 
And if you don't think so, just stop one and watch him sweat. <laughs> wow. Number two. Wow. Wow. What <laughs> wow. did this? What did the skydiver say when her pack didn't open? Shoot! <laughs> and last one. Oh God! What? <laughs> what is the best way to communicate with a fish? Just drop it a line. Oh, oh wow! That was like the worst three back to back. Four, four back to back. Let's go. Just, just. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, GameStop's up twenty bucks. That's it. <laughs> That's the mood boost. It, it opened at uh, it opened at one hundred and ninety-seven. Sorry, it closed at one ninety-seven. It opened at uh, three three ninety-eight or something. I don't know. Insane. Keep an eye on it. <laughs> Might be a good time to short it in the coming weeks. I have a feeling it'll be back down at $10 shortly. <laughs> All right. Well, have a good weekend, everyone. Wild yeah. show. All over the place. I love it. That was, that's the longest show we've ever done. And next week, we're going to talk about the new gold belt. I think we should bring, we should try to get Lulaf in for next week. I know he mentioned he, he's, he's interested in coming on. We're going to bring him on as a kind of a quarterly guest to kind of give us a, an Ottawa update. And I think given everything we talked about today and the questions we don't have yeah. answers for, uh, and the problems we don't have solutions for, uh, we can uh, we can have him on, and hopefully he can give us some guiding. And lines. he'll be uh, he'll be uh, good to talk about the gold belt as well. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he has gold. some insight to the gold belt. All right, boys. Okay, have a good weekend. Deuces. Race. <laughs> oh, if you're listening or watching. Tune in to all the other episodes on your favorite podcast platform. Now we're out. The Friday Wrap-Up, brought to you by Blue Panda Realty, ReferralMortgages.com, and Stephen Hopkins Video. No Flash.